Welcome to Pensions WTAF's Working Through the Actual Facts podcast, a podcast brought to you by Pengage Limited, pension communications, engagement and guidance experts. I'm Laura and I have 25 years experience working within the pension sector, helping people to prepare and plan for their retirement. But I'm Nigel Heaton. I joined um, Laura at Pengage last year. After 33 years working in the pensions industry uh, for some of the major employee benefit consultancies, I'm also a fellow of the Pensions Management Institute and on pensions, I'm really short of an opinion. So this is a podcast no one will want to listen to because it's about pensions, but you should listen to it. It's a bit fun, it's relatable, it's kind of important. This is not financial advice, but guidance to help work through some of the practical and emotive issues that causes pensions procrastination. So we basically take the complicated stuff and try and make it a bit not complicated. Hello and welcome to episode five of the Pensions WTAF podcast. And today we're going to be talking about pensions bingo. Hi, Nigel. Hello, how are you? I'm all right, how are you? I'm good, thanks. We've been thinking about holidays in how in our house. Have you booked any holidays? Uh, only local ones. We're just going up to Berwick. Yeah, we're going to the Lake District, actually. The last foreign holiday we had, we went to Greece, I think. When will that have been? 2019? We got to. We used to go to Greece. <laughs> uh, we used to go to Greece quite a lot, because quite often, uh, when you get talking about what you do for a living, and you're talking to Greek people, and you mention pension, pension has a different meaning in Greek. It usually means small family-owned hotel. So they sort of think you're in the catering business, um, but I, I give up trying to explain. And <laughs> I ended up having quite a bit of fun pretending I'm a hotel owner. And is that more interesting? Engaging with their pension, and we're also at that time where pension statements will be being issued. They're usually issued around the summer, start of the summer um, for the, for that current year. So, what I thought was we could spend the next two podcasts unpicking some of that nonsense through a special form of bingo. So, have you heard of something called bongo bingos or bingo bongo, um, whichever way around it is? No, I, I can't claim to be any kind of bingo expert. Okay, I just I I've never played actual bingo. But there is a thing called Bongo Bingos, which was very popular pre-lockdown. And essentially, you go and you play bingo, but in between rounds of number calling, you have a full-on rave at your table. So there's lots of dance music <laughs> and whistles and luminous, and it's quite hardcore. And then it stops, and then you sit down and you play a game of bingo, and then you do the same thing again. And there were some great prizes. So one of my friends who played this, um, she won a mobility scooter. That was her prize. But (laughs) she wasn't allowed to take it home that night because they'd all been drinking, and you're not allowed to drive a mobility scooter under the influence. So she had to go back the next morning to pick it up. And I had another friend who won a giant cardboard cutout of Ainsley Harriet, if you remember who he is. Good, I'm can I just check? We're not doing anything like that now. That's not what you mean, is no, it? No, no, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think? I don't think the listeners would benefit from us having a rave in between. No, I've not got a whistle. No, I, no, yeah. I think target audience is probably a different group for that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe bongo bingo on a weekend night. Okay, but what, what I mean by bingo says what I'm thinking is one of us will explain a jargon word. So we're going to use a pension term. And we're going to explain what that is. And what generally happens then is it leads us into another pensions term because we're all about the jargon. And at this point, if 
So if I'm explaining a pensions term and then I end up using another pensions term, if you spot it, you shout bingo, and then you go on to explain that term. Does that and so on? Does that make sense? There are a lot. We'll do an example. There are a lot of pensions words, so we're just going to focus on a few of the core ones. Um, So let's try an example and see what happens. So do you want to give me a word to start with? Uh, Okay, let's start with a simple one. Let's start with the word pension in the UK sense, not in the Greek sense. Okay. So pension comes from the Latin word to pay. And it is generally used as a term for describing an income for a time when you stop work. And usually a pension is regular income, a bit like your salary. But how you receive that money can vary depending on whether you have a defined benefit scheme or not. Bingo, defined benefit scheme. Hold on a minute, though. You've been doing some research. Have you got a Latin dictionary open? No. How do you know pension comes from the Latin? I don't know much Latin. I know know carpe diem and things like that. Bingo, benefit scheme. So a defined benefit scheme is a type of pension scheme where the pension and other benefits are calculated using a formula, um, hence the term defined benefit. Public sector pensions are typically defined benefit schemes. Um, So the NHS scheme, the civil service scheme, the teachers pension scheme and so on. So, for example, the 1995 NHS scheme or the classic scheme in the civil service and the original teachers pension final salary scheme define the pension as being 180th of pensionable pay for each year of pensionable service. So ultimately, the pension is defined by service and pay and not by the contributions that you as a member pay in. Defined benefit schemes will also typically define the level of employee contribution to be paid in. And the employer contribution is usually the balance of cost of meeting the promise to pay the benefit that's been defined. So in the public sector, the balance of the cost is met by the taxpayer. In the private sector, it's met by the employer. Most people are employed in the private sector now, of course, are in a different type of scheme called a defined contribution scheme. Bingo. There you go. So before I carry on, do you, you get the idea now? Yeah. 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 See if we can rattle through some of these. Um, I will say at this point, we are going to be splitting this into two podcasts because there are quite a lot of things to talk about. So um, I think this one will focus mainly on defined, contrib- uh, defined benefit with a little bit of overlap. And the next one will focus on defined contribution so that we've just got the split between the two. So having said that, if we go back to defined contribution, which was my bingo moment, Defined contribution is a different type of pension. So the contributions are paid by the employee and the employer, and they're invested uh, in a pot personally for that individual, and that pot accumulates and grows. And the value can go up or down according to investments. And at retirement, there are various options about how those benefits are taken. For example, you can take some of it up to 25% as a tax-free lump sum. Bingo! So when you retire, you can choose to take some of your pension benefits as a lump sum, uh, which is a one-off payment. And as the phrase suggests, it's tax-free. It may mean that your pension is lower because you've exchanged some of the benefit for cash. And, And the older public sector schemes often include a lump sum that's in addition to the pension. And you can see if you've got this yourself by looking at your annual statement. Bingo annual statement 
So what is an annual statement? If you're a member of one of these pension schemes, or most pension schemes actually, you should be provided with an up-to-date statement that shows your pension savings each year. Typically, in the past, they've been through the post, but more and more now are moving online. So, for example, if you're a member of the NHS pension scheme, you can access your total reward statement through your ESR system. If you're a civil service pension scheme member, you can register onto the portal, which you can access through the civil service pension schemes website. Now, note civil service people, this year will be the first year that you're not going to get a paper statement. So they're all going to be online from this year. So that's something to make sure you kind of engage with. Teachers is also online and has been for a while. And most of the local government pension schemes are online. These statements will usually provide you with the current value of your pension as of 31st March each year. Um, and it's, it makes the assumption that you then put the pension into payment at the normal pension age. Bingo! We're on a roll here, aren't we? Normal pension age is the age at which you can take your pension in full. In other words, without reduction. So, for example, the public sector legacy schemes, the normal pension age would typically be 60. Some are 65. And, and those schemes that were introduced in 2015 have normal pension age equivalent to state pension age. You can put the pension into payment before any of these dates if you wish, usually from age 55, um, although some um, special categories have additional protection allowing you to take it earlier. So when thinking about your own retirement, planning when you can take your benefits from and the reduction that will apply is well worth knowing. Um, taking the pension before normal pension age is called early retirement. Bingo. Early retirement. So, what's that? As Nigel says, um, it, what it means is that you're choosing to put your pension into payment before the normal pension age. So, that means that you can put it into payment before those ages that Nigel just talked about. So, if you are in the 20, 2015 scheme and you put the benefits into payment at 60, you're perfectly able to do that. But as this is before the state pension age, which is the normal pension age, the pension gets reduced. Because in theory, if you take that pension seven years early, the scheme's going to have to pay it to you for seven years longer. And it's reduced by an early retirement factor. Most schemes have some sort of retirement modeler that you can use online and you can play around with this to look at the different ages for retirement. So you can go onto the modeler and you can input the age that you wish to retire or there's a slidey thing on the civil service modeler and it moves your age around and it takes that into account. And it shows you the estimated annual pension you would receive at the age that you choose. What you do need to know is that all the modelers' annual pension statements will show you the annual gross pension. Bingo! I was really tempted to shout bingo when you said slidey thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gross pension. So pensions in payment, they're treated as earned income by HMRC. And so they're subject to the normal rates of income tax. Pension uh, will usually be paid to you monthly in arrears, a bit like your salary is paid to you whilst you're working. Unlike whilst you're working, you don't pay national insurance contributions on your pension in payment, but you do pay income tax. So when looking at your retirement planning and when in the tax year you intend to retire, it's worth thinking about the impact of income tax. Look at the net figure 
and look at what status of taxpayer you currently are and what status you might be when you retire. Look at the overall net figures. And this includes the state pension. Bingo. So the state pension is often something of a lot comes up as a lot of discussion. And it is paid to people usually at their state pension age. So that is currently for most people now 67 or 68. Um, but everybody's is different. And you can check on the .gov.uk website what your pension age is if you're not sure. The full amount of the state pension is currently just over £9,000 a year, but not everyone qualifies for the full amount. And again, if you go onto that .gov.uk website, it will tell you what your projected state pension is likely to be. But the state pension is added to any other income that you are receiving and so may also become subject to income tax. Also things to note about the state pension, you cannot take it early, so you can't take it before state pension age, but you can defer it and take it later if you want to. But the state pension is in addition to your uh, workplace pension, so it is not shown on your annual pension statement. Bingo. We've done annual statement once, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so let's just recap. The annual statement will show the pension amounts and it's calculated based on your salary and service. So it's important you check this information as and when you receive it whilst you're an active member, but also that you check that it's correct. And the calculation will use, and the statement will talk about, something called reckonable service. Bingo. Reckonable service. So you might see on your statement, reckonable and qualifying service. Reckonable service is a service used to calculate the pension. So, for example, if you've been working full-time, and paying into the pension consistently for 20 years, then your reckonable service would be 20 years. If you have, however, have been part-time, for example, and worked half of the normal contracted hours for a full-time staff member for the same period, then your reckonable service is reduced proportionately, and so it would be 10 years instead of the 20. Periods of unpaid service, so such as unpaid maternity leave or a sabbatical, or just unpaid sick, anything like that, are not included in the reckonable service calculation. So if you're someone who has moved around a lot or changed your working patterns, it's really important that you check that carefully because it can go awry somewhere, particularly um, in the NHS, for example, where people are quite transient, they tend to move around from trust to trust. Now, the other thing that you'll need to check on your statement is your pensionable pay. Bingo. So the pension is calculated based on a formula as we said at the start, which is in part your reckonable service in the scheme each year and your pensionable pay. Pensionable pay is the pay on which you pay your pension scheme contributions and the pay that's also used to calculate your pension within the defined benefit formula we, we talked about at the start. It's usually your pay for the previous 12-month period. But if, if you have a previous period of higher pay, it may use that pay instead. All the public sector schemes have different rules around this, so it's worth checking out and looking at the fine print in some detail, especially if higher pay was more than three years ago, and especially if your own pensionable pay history has not gone up in a linear fashion. Pensionable pay is the full-time equivalent pay for the final salary sections. Bingo. So... We've talked about defined benefit schemes, and as we mentioned, they use a formula which is linked to your pay and your service to calculate the pension. However, there are two types of defined benefit scheme. 
One is final salary. So these schemes are, for example, the 1995 and 2008 sections in NHS, classic and premium sections within civil service, and the original final salary schemes um, in the teachers, which are just called final salary. And what this means is that the scheme takes your reckonable service that we talked about before and your pensionable pay, which is usually the pay in the last 12 months, as Nigel said, to calculate the pension. So each time your pay goes up, all of that service that you've built up within those schemes, in, in the pension increases. It's all linked to that pay. However, the 2015 or the most recent sections are a different type of scheme and they're called career average. Bingo! Am I just getting the hard ones? <laughs> career average schemes, they're still based on a formula, but they're calculated as a fraction or, or as a percentage of your actual pensionable pay in that particular year of membership. And by year, what we usually mean is the period between the 1st of April to the 31st of March. And the next year, the same thing happens and it gets added on and so on throughout your period of membership. So it builds in the same way that building blocks build. Your total pension at retirement is the cumulative value of all the building blocks. But what's important is that the building blocks from earlier years can typically be revalued. Bingo. Revaluing, what does that mean? So revaluing just means that the pension that you've built up is increased by inflation. Pension schemes typically use CPI or something very similar to. Some of the public sector pensions also add an additional percentage to the CPI. So, for example, the NHS 2015 scheme increases by CPI plus one and a half percent. So the pension keeps growing and increasing each year to keep up with the, the current values. So you check your statements, but you may find that you have some pension in a final salary section and some in a career average section. And it's the total of the two amounts on the statement that will be your total pension as at 31st of March. I think we did all right there. Who won? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how bingo works. I do know that when, once your cards won, you stand up and shout bingo. But also my son, George, who's working downstairs because school is closed, has just shouted up to ask what I'm doing because he keeps hearing me shout bingo. <laughs> you actually don't have a proper job anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did, um, uh, well, we'll call it a draw then. I did put on Twitter. Uh, earlier this week, whether there was anybody who had any terms they wanted us to talk about um, as part of pensions bingo. So we've got a couple of additional things to add in, less bingo, but more terms. So the first thing is something that is um, a hypothetical annuity cost. And you tend to see that on the NHS total reward statement. So if you look at the statement, you have um, a little table at the top that gives you the pension per annum, and the lump sum and then at the bottom of that table there's a section that says hypothetical annuity costs and it's usually quite a big number an annuity is the type of pension that you buy if you have one of these other pensions that we're going to talk about on the, the next podcast so if you have a defined contribution scheme when you retire you use your fund to potentially buy a pension and that's buying an annuity and the cost of that depends on various different things. How old you are? Do you want the pension to increase in retirement? Do you want to provide a pension for a dependent in the event of your death and all those different things? 
So what the NHS total reward statement is showing you by putting the hypothetical annuity cost on there is the estimated cost if they were to replicate the NHS pension scheme benefits overall in or from a defined contribution scheme. So essentially it's saying if you didn't have the NHS pension but you wanted all of these benefits, then to get that in a divine contribution scheme, it would cost this much, and that's what the hypothetical annuity cost is. So it's not really telling you anything about your benefits specifically, but it's just trying to demonstrate the value of them compared to the other type. Yeah. I think that's the motivation for it, isn't it? The NHS is trying to demonstrate how valuable your pension benefits are. Um, and, and if in real life you were to try and secure those benefits with an insurance company, one of the problems you would have is that insurance companies can't predict what future inflation will be. And one of the valuable elements of your NHS pension benefits are the fact that in payment, the pensions will increase in line with inflation. And insurance companies really struggle with how they uh, can price that. And, and that's why the annuity cost looks quite significant. Um, and, and like Laura said, some of the numbers are quite big. Yeah, it, 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 probably the, the best way to give an example links into the next thing which we were asked about, which was the lifetime allowance. So the, the lifetime allowance is currently a limit on the value of your pension benefits at the time that you put them into payment. That limit is currently a million and seventy three thousand one hundred. So if you're under that amount, when we, we have to value the benefits in a specific way, if you're under that amount, then there's no issues. But if you're over, there might be a tax charge to pay. Now, to get to that value of a million seventy three one hundred within a scheme such as the public sector scheme, so that the defined benefit type arrangements, the way that calculation works, the pension has to be around about £50,000 a year without any cash or, or a bit less if there's cash. To have a uh, reach the lifetime allowance of a million seventy three one hundred in the defined contribution scheme, you have to have a pot basically of money that's worth a million and seventy three thousand one hundred. And if you tried to then use that pot of money to buy yourself the equivalent pension you would get from a public sector scheme with all the different types of death benefits and things like that, you would probably get a pension of around about eighteen thousand pounds a year. So you can see the difference. It's like a fifty thousand pounds a year pension versus an eighteen ish thousand pounds a year pension. That's quite a big difference. Um, so the value of the public sector schemes is quite high, actually, and that that again just reinforces why they put that on the statement. And um, I've got another one as well. Somebody was asking what a death benefit nomination is. So you typically you don't see that on NHS statements. You do tend to see that on civil service and local government and teachers. So the death benefit nomination is who you have nominated to receive the death benefit lump sum in the event of your death. Now, we are going to have a whole podcast at some point in the future dedicated to death, which is like my favourite subject, Nigel will attest to. <laughs> um, but essentially, if the event of you dying whilst you're a member of the pension scheme, there is a lump sum that is payable to anybody that you have nominated. So if you have your civil service statement or your teacher statement or whichever it is, and that section is blank, then they don't have a nomination for you. So it's really important to do your nomination, which you can change at any point in the future, um, because it then means that if anything were to happen to you, 
that money will go to the person or people that you have chosen. And it also means because it's paid in that way, it bypasses the normal probate and inheritance tax rules. So that it won't be considered as part of the inheritance tax calculation. There's one that I've thought of. We've mentioned the term CPI a couple of times. CPI is the Consumer Prices Index, and it's the current index the government uses to measure inflation. And bearing in mind, public sector pension benefits increase in line with the CPI, and, and part of it is revalued, especially in the career average section, with CPI as part of the calculation. It's important that we know that CPI actually represents inflation. We used to use RPI in the UK as the measure for inflation. And, and gradually, over recent years, we've transitioned from using RPI to CPI. And the main, main reason for that is that the RPI used to take account of mortgage interest payments. And so it would heavily be influenced by house prices and interest rates. But in recent years, CPI has been used as the uh, UK-wide measure of inflation. And in fact, today, which is 19th of May, UK has announced um, the latest rate of inflation, and it refers to the CPI as being 1.5%, which has increased from 0.7% the previous month. So it means, in, in effect, inflation has doubled in the last month, and clearly that's a reflection of the unusual times that we're in. In the last, so they they apply a CPI-ish uh, inflation to try and keep track, don't they, with with the market? And when pensions are actually in payment as well, when you're receiving them then they also yeah. increase each April in line with the CPI from the previous September. So yeah. it keeps going when you when you take the benefits as well. Okay, well, hopefully um, that's helped with some of the key terms. Um, I know that when you get your statements, they do have a lot of information on them, but that, that should give you some of the highlights so it can help when you start thinking a little bit more about your pension planning and all that kind of 25-year holiday. Podcast, as I've said, will have Bingo Part 2, and we're going to look at some of the more common terms from the other types of pension arrangements as well that we might hear. Um, and and I've got anything to add today? No, that was good. Um, I was a bit worried as to where we were going at one point, but yeah, it was good. Thank you. Now let's okay. uh, let's do this again. How dare you doubt my genius? <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks, Nigel. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. See you later. Bye. Yeah. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you have any questions that you would like us to cover in any future episodes, then please feel free to email us to hello at pengage.co.uk. For more information about how we could support you and your employees with financial wellbeing and pensions planning, please have a look at our website, which is pengage.co.uk.